Hey guys, welcome to episode 36 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at FanBolt.com. My name is Shakai Mickelson. I'm a crime fighter from the future and also an independent filmmaker. (laughs) Every week, every week. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's more fun. (laughs) Um, Well, we have a cool show today. I'm finally able to talk about La La Land because it comes out in certain parts of the country today. Thank goodness you're finally allowed to, because to this point, you've not talked about it at all. Not at all. Spoiler alert, Emma liked it. (laughs) Just a little bit. I'm going to see it again next week. (laughs) Um, But, of course, we've got uh, the box office report for you guys, too. And I saw the Christmas story at the box last week. So have a a couple cool reviews to do. Mm. Very exciting. So, uh, but let's start with you. What have you been up to this last week? Oh, man. Uh, well, I am from the future to fight crime. But weirdly, there's not been a lot of crime. So I've just been hanging, hanging out. out. Yeah, I, man, I, uh, we've just been, it's the ongoing thing for me. I wish I had something that was like more pop culture and cool, but we've just been settling. You know, the house we got our kitchen repainted. It's very, very green mm-hmm. now, which is very exciting. Nice. And, uh, and uh, golly, that's about it. Got our Christmas card done, so that was good. I saw your your video that you posted and was literally crying watching it. It was so sweet, so 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 sweet. <laughs> I'm sorry that I made you cry. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not exciting at all. What I've done. What about what about you, Emma? <laughs> Well, it's been a it's been a pretty low key week for me as well, which is kind of weird to say. I think this time of year, um, things are going to pick up a lot here in the next couple of weeks between uh, possible travel and then just a lot of movie reviews. I actually got four screeners yesterday that I was pretty excited about because, of course, we're still voting in the uh, the Georgia Critics Association awards, uh, which is supposed to be pretty soon. I think they said they might send the ballot out this week, which means I have a lot of movies to watch. But um, I got Captain Fantastic last night, which uh, for those people that that know me well, uh, know that I'm obsessed with Viggo Mortensen and have been in love with him since he was Aragorn. uh, (laughs) God knows how many years ago. (laughs) Um, And uh, he's, uh, you know, just like most Viggo movies, with the exception of the Lord of the Ring films, he's uh, apparently full frontal nudity in this one. So... (laughs) I I feel like that's all of his films now. It's like all of his films. It's just full frontal nudity. Um, But I'm looking forward to that again. It's not not something that I haven't seen in his other 10 films that he's done it. But But in this one, the lighting might be a little different. It might be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. It's um, it's probably going to be, I'm hoping, a little less violent than the scene in Eastern Promises. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> but aside from that, um, I did see Why Him last night, which I'm under embargo and can't talk about until next week's podcast. Um, but that, of course, is the, the new comedy that's coming out with Brian Cranston and James Franco. And, yeah... Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert! Don't, <laughs> don't do it. It's it's a fantastic film full of wonder, and I wonder what, how how her uh, rating will be. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can't mm. even like fake it. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk about that one next week. James um, Franco was great in 127 Hours. You know, I still haven't seen that one. I need oh. to. It's, um, a, it's a fun film. 
I feel like I'm becoming less enchanted with James Franco the more films I see him in. Uh, just, I, I don't know. I, and it, maybe some of it's kind of a lot of the, the content that I've read and people that I know that have said that he's not been, you know, a, a complete joy to work with. And I'm not totally sure what all the stories mean there, if he's just really intense when he works or if he's not pleasant or, or what really the, the kind of background to that is. But um, I loved him so much when he first started out. And of course, uh, Freaks and Geeks with my other soulmate, yes. Jason Siegel. Yes, who's um, also done Full Frontal. So congratulations yes. on all of your heroes exposing <laughs> themselves. That's nice. Yep, I'm just waiting for Chris Pratt to join that bandwagon and it'll be all of my top three. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, I did on a on a happy note of something that I saw and really loved. I did see a Christmas story at the Fox last week, uh, which actually uh, finished yesterday or no, wait, Sunday, Sunday, two days ago, three days ago, if you're listening to this tomorrow. But um, that was really good. If it's coming to a theater in your town, I'm not exactly sure where it's headed next, uh, but it's a great musical and it's holds very true to the movie and just really kind of enhances the movie. I feel like so many times when you you see a, uh, a Broadway play that's been made into a movie or a movie that's been made into a Broadway play, you get really uh, just kind of picky with all of the things that they change or that they try to add to it or take away. I know for me, when they made Les Mis into a movie and then added some extra songs in there, I, I got livid. So <laughs> it was like yeah. ruining the thing that I loved. Um, but uh, this play, it, you know, it, it holds true to the movie and it's it's just awesome. I definitely recommend it. It's something that's appropriate for all ages and uh, it's just uh, just a great, a great little play. That would be really fun to see. I, I have to ask, uh, given that it was live theater, did they uh, did they play with the BB gun at all? Was there any like whizzing of uh, BBs over your head while watching the play? <laughs> You know, there wasn't, oh. but what they did do that I thought was kind of unique for it being, again, live theater is they had the neighbor's dogs and they actually had two two dogs there. And at one point they ran across the stage and one of them decided to, to you know, he, he wasn't ready to go backstage yet and started to try to venture off into the audience and they had to grab him. And it was like the cutest thing you've ever seen. Everyone was laughing. The cast was laughing. It was just a really adorable moment. Oh, wow. The cast broke. That's yeah. shocking. Oh, my yeah. gosh. My, uh, my high school drama teacher would not have allowed that to happen. <laughs> my goodness. But that's fun. What a nice yeah. little moment. And horrible yeah. acting chops. Horrible. Yeah, the the dogs could have uh, brought their A game a little bit better. But um, <laughs> it's funny. It's like when a dog, you know, messes up or misses its cue. It's just funny and cute. And if a person does it, they're going to get yelled at by someone. It's just not fair. Well, it's that's why fair. in movies, you know, that's why in movies you can watch like one of your favorite characters, like Glenn, for forty five seconds, not use words with his eyeball on his cheek. But if you did that exact thing to a dog, oh man. Yeah, All bets would that, be off. That would, yeah, that would All not work. All bets would be off. Yep. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, moving right along. Yeah, moving right along. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, so the box office report. It was brought to my attention that I got several things wrong in the podcast last week by oh. a local, famous, now famous movie critic, Michael McKinney, who is uh, quoted in the uh, Florence Foster Jenkins uh, trailer, the trailer that's out for the DVD and also the official website. He's Ooh. got a 
pretty cool quote on there. And he's the, actually the only critic that is quoted on the commercial and the website. There's another uh, somebody from Axis Hollywood or, or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, whatever. What a uh, whatever. It doesn't Let's matter. Let's get out the way for Michael. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. His quote should be on the DVD, too. That would yeah. have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, then everyone I know would have gotten, like, those DVDs for Christmas. And I would have been like, that's my friend, Mike. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, he uh, he's like my fact checker, and I realized I should probably consult with him before a podcast. What, but um, what, he, what did you get wrong? Maybe I should. Find, I'm a horrible uh, partner because I'm like ah, whatever we say is true. No, no, it was a name, you know, oh. and, and fitting with our our theme of how we do things. Mm. I said um, Mona, the Disney film Mona, last week, and apparently it's Milana. So that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, you expect me to get names wrong at this point. You, that's just what I do. You know, what's funny about that is when you said it last week, there was no part of me that thought you said a word wrong. But I did double check to wait. Wasn't that a Pixar film? Because I realized the aesthetic of it. But Pixar did that uh, singing volcano short. Oh, is that the thing that's at the very end of it? No, it was uh, it was at the very beginning of um, what was the last Pixar film? What was the last Pixar film? It was like a singing volcano, and it was kind of it was kind of in that style, and it was uh, very, um, you know, Hawaii music. So I associated that with this new movie. Here now, now we got to look that up, right? Because yeah, I'm looking it up now. I uh, I haven't. I don't think I saw that one. Finding Dory. Finding Dory is Pixar. Yeah, it was. That was that was Pixar. It must have been the film before the song "Lava" from the short film "Lava." So. Yeah, it's called Lava. I don't remember. What it played oh. in front of? It was uh, it was in front of Inside Out. That's why I saw it, because I actually saw oh. it Inside Out in the theater. So it was a lava thing. Anyways, that Hawaii theme is what I, I associated that with this new movie. And uh-huh. I had a moment. This is a very long story to tell you that I noticed it when you said it last week, but I thought, oh, it's a Pixar film, isn't it? And then it's not. And then I didn't even notice the fact that it was uh, the wrong title. <laughs> it was a very long way to get back to one. Sorry about that. No, I mean it's uh, it's befitting that I said it wrong. So, <laughs> for for the record, it is called Milana, and it's doing really well. It's it held on to the top spot at the box office weekend for a second weekend in a row, bringing in an additional twenty eight point four million haul. Um, the film, of course, features the voice of Dwayne Johnson, who I just read was voted sexiest person of the year by People Magazine. Oh, good, good for so, uh, good for Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and of course, he's here filming right now for uh, Jumanji. If you look at his um, Instagram, there's a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff from set, and they're actually filming that at my client's studio, which is pretty cool. So that's fun. Um, yeah, just a little little fun fact there. Got to admit, I don't know if I'm ready for a new Jumanji. Robin Williams fan standing here saying not sure if he's ready. Yeah. Just going to admit it. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be another kind of, I mean, not in the same kind of sense that Ghostbusters had all this kind of negative press behind it because a lot of that was, you know, choosing to to do an all-female cast and people getting kind of upset well, and about a that aspect of it. horrible marketing error. Horrible marketing yeah. mistake. By not yeah. making it clear on whether it was a reboot or an extension of what already happened. Right, exactly. Um, so we'll we'll see. I feel like he's, of course, he's in Baywatch, which also filmed um, in Georgia down in T- uh, Tybee earlier this year. So that's coming out soon. He's he's making his way through a lot. I've I've never actually met him, but I've been at a taping of a show that he did with uh, TBS. 
it was like called Hero or something. It was it was a reality show yeah, where they were competing. I yeah. Yeah, and he was just like the nicest guy. Like, you know, being able to see in between takes and see how he interacts with the crew and the, you know, the contestants and just everyone. Like, I'd never seen someone so pleasant, like, to everyone before. It was, um, he did, he seems like a really great guy. So it's it's good to see good things happening to good people. I was a fan of him ever since he totally made fun of himself a long time ago on SNL. When he was like a, when he was still full on WWF or whatever, whatever it's called now. WWE, sorry, World yeah. Wildlife Fund. And uh, he was um, he was spectacular. And I was like, all right, I love this guy forever. <laughs> and now I like that he's not The Rock anymore. He's officially transitioned to Dwayne Johnson. That's, that's actually a pretty big deal. You know, like Queen Latifah is still Queen Latifah. That woman has not rapped for a long time. Just right. Saying. Yeah. That is kind of interesting because, you know, I think about that. And then I think the other one that everyone thinks about with name changes, of course, is... I don't even know what his name is right now. P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean John. Like, I, yeah. what do you call him? I have no idea yeah. what his name is. Yeah. But um, I think I think when you change it for a third time, you kind of lose people. I think you've got a one name change in there. And then <laughs> then after that, people don't know what to call you. Yeah, that's funny. So I think I think that's I, I agree with your theory. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Milana's made $119 million in the U.S. alone uh, to date. And of course, the Harry Potter spinoff, Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, is still holding on. It's in second place, and it made an additional $18.5 million this weekend, bringing its domestic gross to $183.5 million, uh, which is its third week of release. And moving up a couple spots, I was waiting for this to happen. I'm so glad it did. Yeah, um, you arrival. totally called it. Yeah, I did. Awesome. Yeah, because Arrival was in fifth last week, and now it's moved up to third. Uh, it's it's such a great film. If you haven't seen it, definitely go see it. It's it's way that it plays with time and kind of addresses you know the the whole idea of time. It's just it's it's really well done. The acting is great. It's definitely going to be a contender for for best picture and probably a, a number of other categories here in a couple couple of weeks for the Golden Globes and for the Oscars. So definitely. Definitely check that one out. Um, Brad Pitt's Allied fell to fourth place, and Mar- Marvel's Doctor Strange fell to fifth. And then there was a bunch of, um, you know, this time of year we start to see a lot of kind of limited release pictures um, coming out that are all Oscar contendies to um, Natalie Portman's Jackie. Of course, she plays Jackie Kennedy, and it's a biopic. It hit... Um, it was actually only released in five cinemas, but it picked up two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in those theaters. Wow! And uh, which I—that sounds like a lot for five theaters. So that's a pretty good payday. A, I feel like a, for that kind of distribution. Yeah, yeah, and of course she's already a front runner for best actress for for the Oscars, and of course Manchester by the Sea with Casey Affleck is also supposed to be fantastic. I haven't seen either of those yet, but. Um, Casey Affleck is also supposed to be a frontrunner for Best Actor. So uh, that film, actually, Manchester by the Sea, expanded to 156 screens and picked up $2.4 million. Um, so it's now up to $4.4 million, And I'm sure it's going to be all over the place as, as we start to get in more into award season. And everyone's going to be wanting to see all the award pictures. So I look forward to seeing that one. Nice. Yeah, Casey Affleck, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan yeah, yeah, he seems like a seems like a pretty cool dude. I actually got to uh, I actually did a project with him that didn't end up going anywhere where uh, I actually got to work with him for a day, which was and he was uh, he was a very good guy, 
Very nice. Oh, cool. It was, it was a weird combination of events that got me onto that project, but suddenly I was there, and uh, he was he was very good. He's a vegan, and uh, he laughed at some of the dumb things I said, so it was fantastic. <laughs> I, it's a it's a bromance. That sounds like a bromance. Oh yeah, totally. He would absolutely not recognize me, but still, for a day, <laughs> he he knew my name a little bit. <laughs> did he say your name wrong the first time, like I did? Um, probably. <laughs> you probably. just didn't correct him because he's Casey Affleck. Well, no, I think because uh, he was like, wait, he, you know, it's a cl- my name is uh, every time it's like, a, wait, what is it? And I'm like, yeah, here it goes. Yes, it's Jukai. I, it's a weird name. I always have my like built in disclaimer lines. But no, I think <laughs> I think he was actually he was calling me by my actual name. He was he, he had it together. But I guarantee you, like you could t- it was a really weird thing because even Ben Affleck showed up and their mom was there and the whole crew sang happy birthday to her even though they didn't know her name so it was very <laughs> awkward because everybody got her a cake and then we, and we got to the name and you could hear the whole room go oh shit we didn't think this through and it was fair you know and it, here's what's crazy about it is that ben affleck showed up was just in this warehouse in la and then all of a sudden ben affleck was there and then guess what happened like uh, a ton of the uh, uh, paparazzi showed up so we had to figure out how to get ben affleck out of there it was a really surreal day it's a really surreal That's day. Crazy. Yeah, but it did was. They, uh, what did they say, Mrs. Affleck, in the song? I'm just imagining them saying like, "Happy birthday, Mrs. Affleck." Uh, though it did like this weird, this weird. It's just like that. Like if everybody's singing a song, you know, it was like, "Happy birthday," and it was like when they got to the name, it was just like, blah, blah, blah. like it, it's just a blur of nothing. And everything <laughs> got quieter because people were like, "Well, hopefully somebody knows the name, and then I can latch onto it." It was, it was like a good gesture gone horribly wrong, you know. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's pretty cool that well, you got I, the chance I, to work with him, though. That's I threw that way off. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was actually a big day because uh, uh, Mr. Um, uh, Conman himself was there. Mr. Castle himself was also there. Ah, Mr. Nathan Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. So actually, uh, I worked with him for like. 20 minutes and I didn't have the guts to say dude I loved you in Slither I, I still regret that <laughs> just giving him a quick fist bump for Slither but uh, he was also very nice he was a very good guy he was very cool everybody honestly was very gracious so That's well awesome. I took that way off track uh, let's see who else can I name drop um, <laughs> no I love it you have some cool stories and every time you bring one of them up I'm like Dude, that's awesome. That's just such a cool. That's cool that you got the chance to work with them, and you, you know, you've met them, and you, you had a good experience. And well, it was really weird because it was a last second thing that a friend of mine was producing this this idea for a documentary. Um, uh-huh. And I, I was brought in to be a designer, but the thing is, like, people don't really understand that there's like different kinds of designers. There's right. like web designers, and there's like motion graphic designers, and there's overlap. But for this, they needed like a, uh, like almost like a painter designer. And I didn't really realize that until I was in the room. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay. I know my way around Photoshop really well. Like, I'll go toe-to-toe with anybody in Photoshop. But there are certainly people that use Photoshop in the painter way way better than I do. You know? <laughs> so I realized once I was there, I was a little bit miscast. I'll tell you, this is a 100% uh, true story with Nathan Fillion. Um, at the last second, I was going to use my laptop because it's all set up for Photoshop. And I had my mm-hmm. Wacom tablet and everything for the stuff I was going to do. And at the last second, one of the producers didn't want me using my laptop because it was too small of a screen. So she had me use her. She had an iMac there that had a bigger screen. 
And I was like, all right, okay, whatever. So I moved it over, but the problem was it was like a version of Photoshop that was three versions older. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all the keyboard shortcuts and everything were different. And she had one of those like little separate touchpads, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened was at one point, I was trying to do something for Nathan Fillion. Like, I'm because basically it was a picture of him where I had to adjust the face with the brushes and stuff. And unbeknownst to me, and I'm already sweating bullets because I'm like, number one, this is now my area of expertise. Number two, this is freaking Nathan Fillion. And uh, the keyboard was hitting the touchpad. And because it was doing that, my uh, Wacom tablet was not working. And the mouse was not working. And I'm like, I did not understand what was going on. And I just kept trying to like, okay, I'm like, the mouse should be working. And it was Nathan Fillion who uh, <laughs> who moved the keyboard off the thing. And then I was like, thank you. Thank you for that, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I'm a professional. And yeah, so I got a laugh out of him, but it was like so embarrassing. And then later the computer was doing something weirder. And I took the touchpad and walked to another desk and put it down and came back. And that got a good laugh from But it was a super stressful day because I was outside of what I know how to do in Photoshop. Right. And nobody was, I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm not quite the go. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, like Illustrator. I'm not a a vector illustration girl at all, but it's funny when you say you're a designer, how people just think that means you can do all of it. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I can't draw. Like, I'm great in Photoshop. I'm great with with web design, anything that involves, you know, coding, but the actual act of, of drawing something is beyond my skill set. I have no drawing skills at all. If you look at my my uh, my pieces that I did my first semester in college, it looks like a kindergartner did them. And the fact that I had to take those classes was one of the most stressful experiences <laughs> of my life because it's just not a skill set that I have at all. Well, it's so funny because I like I can draw pretty good cartoons like I'm a good illustrator but in a very specific sector of art right like right. if you're like hey paint now a painting I'm like well I can but it's gonna be a really crappy painting because I don't understand that level of color theory and blah 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 so it people don't understand like the nuance nu- nuances or how to say that word for example <laughs> of uh, of each of particular skill sets but you are fascinating to me because you do totally have design chops, yet you really lose yourself in code, which that's a rare, pretty rare combination. Yeah, I feel like in weird. my experience it is. Yeah. It's weird. I really do think it's something and and you actually I still need to do the assessment test that you sent me that kind of I looked <laughs> right. at the balance of my right side of my brain versus the left side of my brain. But I really do think it's some sort of like um, it probably comes down to being something just like really nerdy. Like I just like problem solving and like making something aesthetically pleasing. And it's, I don't know, that's something about like the basics of that, that I just, I love. I love taking something that's broken or even more so. I love when I get clients that come to me, um, and, and let me preference this by saying new clients that come to me because my clients, their, their stuff is secure and doesn't get hacked. Right. Um, knock on wood. But, um, <laughs> but when I have, I have had clients or, or people that have reached out to me that have had their site hacked and they, you know, will hire me to come in and basically unhack it and clean it out. And that's one of my favorite things in the world to do. It's just so much fun to go in and, and find like what went wrong and then fix it and clean it out. It's I don't know. It's if, weird. In in the real world, let's say you are unpacking a bag, and in that bag is uh, your computer wire that somehow in transport got super tangled, and it is destroyed tangled. 
do you enjoy untangling that wire? Um, honestly, I'm probably going to leave it tangled unless I need it not tangled to be able to reach the wall and my computer. So that's that's, that's fascinating. No, that's, yeah. that's interesting how it shows up differently in different ways. So yeah, right. that's uh, it's like my hair's my hair straightener cord has never been untangled ever. <laughs> just a mess. <laughs> oh my gosh, like uh, back in the days when phones had cords. I remember those days. Uh, yeah. But in offices and stuff, people still have those things. I I would go in people's offices and I had to like untangle their cord. Can't <laughs> deal with it. I'm like, look how shriveled up and wound up that cord is. All you got to do is unplug it, unwind it, you're done. It's fine. Why, why do, <laughs> how do you do this to yourself? So, but and then the idea of like going through and finding the bug in the code. Uh, I'm good. I think <laughs> I'm good? okay. Yeah. Aw, think I'd <laughs> so rather. Much fun. Oh my god, I think I'd rather. There's many things that I would <laughs> rather do. Many things that you rather do ahead of that. Yeah, this has been <laughs> the best box office report ever. Yeah, by the way. it's uh, yeah. it's pretty thorough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diving deep into the left and right side of the brain of the person that's uh, giving the report. It's yeah, pretty thorough. It is. It's thorough. <laughs> thorough. Uh, but uh, the, the big question I have is how's uh, how's Medea doing? You know what? Give, give me two seconds and I will give you an answer for that. I need to, I keep thinking to myself every week, I need to make sure that I um, get that information for you. I'm pretty sure she's out of the theater now. Uh, uh, she's, I don't know. Wait, hold on. 27th. Um, so she made 130000 this weekend uh, for a grand total to date domestically of, wait, is that right? Uh, $72 million. Is that seventh week in release? Seventy-two million. Yep, 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 yep. And again, the budget on that one was twenty million. So that's well, pretty. Well, let me tell you, I, I you know, I haven't made uh, one film that uh, we're still trying to find distribution for, or whatever. If I had a weekend of a hundred and thirty thousand dollars, man, it's a good, good weekend. I, yeah, I would, I would have, I would rent a, a limo, <laughs> and uh, I'd, I'd ball for one night. <laughs> I would live it up, live yep. it up. Yep. Um, so speaking of balling, and yes, uh, we have a, a movie review that, we do. Uh, that did not suck balls. That didn't work. <laughs> That's awkward. No, I like it. Solid transition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this is um, not gonna. You know, spoiler alert for anyone that. Uh, well, I mean, I've been talking about it for weeks, so it's no one's going to so, be surprised to hear how much I love this. Let's do the Atlas review of La let's La Land. It. And let's just jump in. Boredom Gauge, one to five. Five being, oh, I'm really bored. And I learned the ninth time I saw this movie that maybe this part was boring. Zero. Yeah. Oh, shocker. Okay, uh, eye rolling, Gage. <laughs> how much were you eye rolling uh, the, the seventh time you watched the film? <laughs> Zero. Okay. So, best performance. I already know the answer to this. Um, You know what? I'm going to get... It. Both Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are amazing in this, but what's really amazing, uh, Ryan Gosling is like a quadruple threat. Like, he can dance, he can sing, he can play the piano, he can act. He's I can keep going with, like, skill sets that he have. We can go way beyond four skill sets. Can but, he find um, bugs and code? Oh, my gosh. If he did, that would be it. That'd be it. I'd be moving to L.A. and I'd be like a home wrecker. He's like married with kids. But um, he uh, he's fantastic in this. And he learned how to play the piano specifically um, for this film. And when you see the scenes of him playing, um, you know, the kind of lead ballad that you hear throughout the film, uh, he's just he's incredible. Like, he's so great at it. 
and then he can sing and he can dance and it's just I I'm blown away like he's definitely going to get a nomination for this and I think La La Land um it's it's going to fall in the best comedy or musical category and I have no doubt that it will win it's it's fantastic it is hands down the best film of the year in my opinion I granted I've not seen some of these other ones that are that are being billed as you know um best pictures as well such as uh like we said, uh, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight's getting a lot of buzz, Jackie. Um, so we'll see. It's it's definitely, it's hard to compare some of these being so different, but La La Land is something that I think is just kind of a really honest look at relationships and not, not in a way that is sad and depressing. I mean, it's not all happy, but I think um, where it leaves you, um, it's just, it's something that you're kind of thinking about after you've left the theater. And even though the songs aren't super memorable, that main ballad really does stick with you. It's uh, The City of Stars, which of course most people have seen in the the various trailers. It's such a catchy um, melody that the melody really stays with you more so than even the, the lyrics to it. Um, but I'm realized I, I'm going off on a total tangent now, just because you asked me about Ryan Gosling, but um, definitely right. Ryan Gosling for best performance. It, uh, okay, <laughs> that shocker. By the way, that was a shocking answer. Shocker. Shocker. This was this was not filmed in Georgia. It was not. It was not. Um, so you obviously do not regret the time you spent watching the film as you plan on watching it on repeat for the rest of your life. Basically. Uh, so, uh, well, gosh, here's the big, uh, the big finish. What, uh, what do you rate this thing overall? It's a full atlas, five out of five. Full atlas. Again, we need like theme music, like ba bum. That's a because I, I think you've only in the history of the show. I think there's only been four of those. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, so that's a big deal. I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. I, I think I gave Captain America an atlas. Um, again, it's one of those things where it's like it's it can be somehow sometimes difficult to uh, rate films that you know are not Oscar like Captain America. Obviously, not going to be best film of the year, but it is that entertaining. It's yeah. it's great. Whereas La La Land, it really it is the best of cinema for for 2016, and it's it's got everything. And it's it's hard to kind of compare some of those films against each other, but. Um, well, it's I, like I think it, like here's what I feel Atlas talk, uh, stands for, which is like it was a movie entertaining, right? Right. So all that other stuff, like sometimes movies are like super smart, and then you got through watching it, and you're like, yeah, I kind of didn't sign up for a mind puzzle. <laughs> I guess it was good, but right. you know, yeah. So I don't, I don't think we have to qualify our rating system. I think it's perfect and brilliant in every way. That's what I think. I think so too. But in that's fact, me. I give our rating system a full Atlas. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm I'm very proud that we came up with it. <laughs> Pat on our backs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Collectively. It is really, really great, though. Um, I can't recommend it enough. It comes out this weekend in limited release, which I believe is going to be New York and L.A. And then, of course, on December 16th, it will be out in the rest of the country, um, including Atlanta. So definitely go see it. It's the perfect date movie. It really is a perfect date movie. And don't write it off as a chick flick if you're a dude. Um, it's It's got some great jazz music in it. So if you love jazz, uh it, it's great. It's and Ryan Gosling's really funny in it. Um, he's he's got this weird. We kind of saw that in Nice Guys, right? It's kind of a a very interesting t- comedic timing that he's just he's so great at it, and he brings that same 
that same timing to this to this project as well. So it, it's super entertaining to watch. Yeah, I uh, I'm a fan. What was the movie? We talked about this before. I, I fell in love with him in that other love movie that him and Steve Carell was in. Oh, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. I was yeah. like, Bandy chose it. And then, like she always does, she fell asleep within five minutes. And then, <laughs> but, but unlike usually, I kept watching it and was very, I really loved it. I love that movie. And I, I really liked him in it. So that says something. Yeah, um, yeah. And Emma Stone was in that one, too. They oh, have that's such, right. yeah. such a uh, palpable, like, on-screen chemistry together. If if they were both single, I would be like, I could totally see them, you know, falling in love together, you know, much like him and, and Rachel McAdams did on the set of uh, Notebook. But um, hmm. they're, they're, they're not together, even though they have, it's just such a great chemistry between the two of them. It's, it just, it's kind of, it's haunting. It really is haunting. I want to give uh, your use of palpable a full atlas also. Ah, thank you. Thank well, you. well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, I do actually have, I know we don't really have any interviews for this week, but I do have um, some clips from a press conference at the Venice Film Festival um, from La La Land that we can use if we want to use them. Oh, why not? I mean, we're spending so much time talking about La La Land. Maybe we could listen to uh, the stars of La La Land. We, we could. We could. Um, so here is some of the, the press conference from the Venice Film Festival. Damien, your first feature was, was a musical. What it is that makes you so uh, interested and, and loving of this particular genre? Um, well, I mean, in a way, I mean, it's, maybe it's not so much a non sequitur from what I said before in the sense that I think... Uh, now more than ever, we need hope and romance uh, on the screen, and um, and I think that there's something about musicals that just get at something that only movies can do. That idea of movies as a dreamland, movies as the language of our dreams, um, and movies as a way of expressing a world in which you break into song. Uh, uh, um, that emotions can can violate the rules of reality. There's something really simple and beautiful about that, um, and it's kind of part of what movies are all about. I think. Se alzate la mano, c'è una domanda qua. Uh, following up a little bit on that question, hello everybody. Uh, you know, it's funny for years they've always said that musicals were a dying art, which is kind of ironic because what, that's what you say in the film about jazz. So in a way, do musicals have to be jazzed up, have to give it some new electronic beat, like as you did in this film, to kind of make it accessible to a younger audience? I mean, I think in a way it's, it's, sorry, I think in a way it's almost the reverse in the sense that um, I think there's, some, there's a reason why the older musicals are timeless and it has to do with their simplicity, it has to do with not overcutting, it has to do with, with um, being very kind of truthful about when people break into song, not trying to force songs in, but allowing the emotions to dictate the songs. So I think, I mean, all of us here at this table, like, we, we talked a lot about you know, okay, how do you justify a musical today? And we found ironically that the way to justify today was actually going back to a lot of those traditions and trying to think what are today's emotions that can lead to, to a musical number? Um, and just trying to make it as simple as that, that, it's, that, that no one breaks into song unless it's emotionally justified in some way. Um, and, uh, and, but then once you allow yourself that possibility, then you have a responsibility to go all the way. Um, so I think that's another thing that hopefully, you know, can work for a modern audience that the musical as a genre allows you to go all the way in a way that other genres don't. 
And Emma, how did you like that experience of just bursting into song when the emotion came up? Oh, it was perfect for me. Uh, no, I really, I absolutely loved it. I've loved musicals since the, I mean, I, you know, went and saw Les Mis when I was eight on stage. So bursting into song has always been a real dream of mine. So I'm very grateful to Damien for giving me the chance. <laughs> um, Damien and I spoke for a while about uh, some incidents I had had at auditions or experiences that I had had uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles when I was 15. Uh, to try to be an actor, and um, I, had, I had a few humiliating audition stories. Um, but what I admire so much, I think, about Mia is it never really gets to the point, or it never got to the point for me where I wrote something on my own and put it out there for the world to see, and then had the kind of experiences she has, where she decides to kind of pack it in for at least a moment. Um, so. It never quite got to that, that point for me, and yet I don't feel like I was ever quite as brave as she is um, in putting herself out there in that way. So, um, yes, I do relate to it, but I don't know if I have an episode that was quite as, quite as devastating. Yeah, thanks, Emma. Um, the, uh, I, th I think the... the I mean, yeah, I think L.A. is, uh, I, I've lived in L.A. now for about nine years, and I, I, uh, um, I remember when I first moved there, there's something about the loneliness in L.A., I think, when you first, uh, kind of when you don't know that many people there. It's not a city that offers itself up to you, and it was really important to me and, and to all of us. I mean, I remember I, fr I first met Fred and Jordan um, when we were all somewhat recent L.A. transplants from the East Coast, and we were all talking a little bit about, you know, the things we love about L.A., but also the things we hate about L.A., and could you reconcile the two in a way? So the, the, the idea of this movie in terms of LA and it was to build from all the cliches that we make fun of about LA, the traffic, the terrible parties, the celebrity culture, the shallowness, um, but then try to maybe build from that to an actual love letter, try to see what is beautiful underneath the surface. And there is something very poetic about the city, I think, about a city that's just built by people with these unrealistic dreams um, and uh, and people who just kind of put it all on the line for that. So uh, this this episode is obviously brought to you by La La Land. Yes. Uh, and everything <laughs> that is good and pure in the universe, which circles back to La La Land. Exactly. So, uh, well what, said. Whatever you're doing right now, please go to uh, New York or Los Angeles, unless you're already there, and go see La La Land. I think it's totally worth a trip to, to New York or L.A. <laughs> for. I would totally do that if I had... If I had the time to do it, I would go see it a third and fourth time up there, um, or out there. <laughs> that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of flying. You'd probably hit New York first, then Los Angeles, just from a from a timing perspective. All right. No, that's cool though. <laughs> I, I I think it's cool that the movie has affected you so much. And, and speaking of movies that affect people, uh, the trailer for Transformers Five was just released, and it affected me in a way where I just I just still want to throw a dead fish at Michael Bay. <laughs> and I want that fish to have died of natural causes. I don't want that fish to have been killed because that would be a waste of a perfectly good fish. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I keep waiting for Michael Bay to make a movie that I'm going to really love again. I hope that it happens at some point. But... I just, I just, I think every other fan of things get like a maximum of three movies with that director right yeah and somehow my most beloved 
like characters I was most excited to be filmed. Now the guy's on movie number five. Like, yeah. really? Can somebody please? Even the main star of the original trilogy is like, I can't work with this dude anymore. So now I got Marky Mark hanging out with my favorite characters. I get mad about the dumbest things, and this qualifies <laughs> as the dumbest, but I did. I watched the trailer, and now Optimus Prime is an evil person, and damn it, Michael Bay, please leave them alone. I obviously, I hold a lot of angst for him and yeah. what he's done, even though, damn it, I do respect the guy makes good action sequences, but just not with my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it's going to be bad. Let's just be real. Oh, it's God, it's going to be, gonna be bad. horrible. <laughs> like, the fourth one made the second one look good. Like, do you know how bad that has to be? Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways. Uh, um, now I need a hug. There's a, a lot of uh, bad movies that are coming out. We saw the... I'm just, like, ass- making assumptions. Uh, there were some trailers. Um, there's another Underworld coming out, which I don't think is needed or probably oh. a good idea. Um, the Mummy with Tom Cruise. Uh, because the last one with Brendan Fraser was so great. Let's let's make it again with uh, t- Tom Cruise. <laughs> but, um, anywho's. Uh, next week, we will have a review of Why Him, because why did I go see it? <laughs> um, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> it's not It's not me saying that I didn't like it. It's just me saying, why did I go see it? So it's, yeah, okay. Clean. Uh, Clean. Moving, it's a good alibi, yeah. Yeah, moving right along. It's not breaking embargo. It's fine. Um, Project Cosplay, of course, is next Thursday, uh, December 15th. It is Star Wars themed. Star with a Wars. Special little Christmas twist to it in celebration of Rogue One. Um, so definitely check that out. We've got Walker Stalker coming up in Charlotte, uh, which will be the 17th and 18th. And beyond that, just a lot of Oscar movies and some additional interviews come in, come in this way. So hmm. it's our, our tease. RT section. Well done. <laughs> well done. Thank I, you. I like to label a tease section retrospectively. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, you were just teased. <laughs> hope you enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's all I have for this week. And I hope that we have convinced you to go see La La Land. Well, I, I feel like I will maybe uh, take my wife to go see that film. You should. That it's yeah. a perfect date movie. Perfect date movie. Yeah. So there you go. You've convinced me. <laughs> Hopefully I've convinced everyone else, too. I want to see it do really well. But um, anyways, that is, that's <laughs> it for us this week, unless you, you have anything else, Shagai. Um, No, just, uh, just a crime to fight. <laughs> well, let me know how that goes. Yeah, I will. Got to do some <laughs> push-ups or something first, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Emma Loggins with Fanbolt.com. Yeah, my name is Shakai Mickelson. I'm a designer and independent filmmaker. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.